Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Eric Bassick of Blue Titan Fitness coming to us from Rockaway, New Jersey. Eric, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Joe. How are you? Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm excited to have you on. There is plenty for us to dig into, and I got a pretty good backstory here before we got on air, but for the people listening, Eric, I'm a big believer in, in context. Give us a little bit of a, a descriptor. Blue Titan Fitness, what is this in your words? Uh, yeah, I mean, fitness and self-defense, right? So um, people always ask me, like, why Blue Titan? I don't know Titan. I, I mean, that honestly, arbitrary, like, sounds cool. Uh, but really, the only thought behind it was blue and the blue for law enforcement. Um, my family has been first responders, doctors, firefighters, police officers. Um, I was an EMT. Uh, yeah, I spent four days at Ground Zero after 9-11 when it happened in wow. the rubble with, you know, Ground Zero digging with my father. Um, so the blue is just a homage to um, our first responder background and my background as a police officer. And we teach uh, fitness and self-defense. Uh, you know, you, they say if everybody is your audience, nobody is your audience, but the every person is my audience where okay. we have some fighters, but not a lot. We have some really fit people, but not a lot. What I think we have in market to is just, you know, the everybody. We we, we want to make sure that fitness and self-defense, that we make sure that it's clear and people are comfortable, that it is accessible uh, and reachable for everybody, no matter their background or their abilities when they start. Understood. Okay. And we'll dig into the various layers of this as we go on. But for a little bit further background here, take us back to the early days, not necessarily day one doors opening. Take me to the day that the idea formulated into your head. I'm going to open up my own gym. What was going on for you? What was the catalyst behind all of this? You know, you you probably didn't want me to go back this far, but uh, <laughs> the day I was born, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, honestly, like, like I'm sure I'm not unique in this, but you know, I was a chubby kid. I came from a trailer park in New Jersey. My parents hate when I bring it up because it reminds them that they grew up. You know, we grew up poor, but came from a trailer park. Didn't really, you know, first day of school is the, my my most hated day of school. Right, it's the day everybody bragged about their new clothes, and I wore the same ones as last year. Um, overweight and uh, the gym exercise fit people particularly in the 80s schwarzenegger you know to be that muscular and fit and was like nobody would ever make fun of you and you'll be you'll be untouchable and you'll have friends and so honestly the idea of opening a gym began in fifth or sixth grade when i thought not only could i do this for me but i could do it for others and that's the truth um it re-emerged when in, around 2011, I was a police officer and, you know, the particulars aren't important, but just wasn't very happy with where I was. And okay. the gym became an escape. I knew I could teach. I've been teaching at that point. I'd been teaching six or seven years. Uh, Krav Maga. I've been teaching CrossFit. Um, I got into CrossFit on my SWAT team and I knew I could do it. And the gym became like, oh, wait, I always wanted to do this thing. And I had the arrogance to think, well, it's probably easy to do that, open up a business from scratch with no business experience whatsoever. And uh, the gym became my, my escape. <laughs> passion and energy will carry me through. Yeah, passion and energy will carry me through. 
And uh, that's what I did. I opened up uh, on a handshake, literally on a handshake. I met an Israeli and I was like, I do this thing called Krav Maga. Do you know what it is? And this, if you know what Krav Maga is, you know how silly that question is to ask an Israeli. And uh, Krav Maga is the official self-defense of the Israeli Defense Forces. The, my landlord happened to be a former member of the IDF. And he said, um, I don't know if this was a line or not, but, oh, Krav Maga, lots of Jews in New Jersey. There's no Krav Maga anywhere in this area. You'll do awesome. Shake my hand. The building's yours. And that was the beginning of a snowball rolling downhill that I couldn't stop. Uh-huh. Okay. So we we knew early that we wanted to have some sort of iteration of this. As time goes on, it formulates a little bit more solidified just because of your personal passions and, and what we had been interested in. I could deliver this to a market that I believe exists. We open up a business. When was this officially? We incorporated November 1st, 2011. Okay. So north of a decade ago now, I assume we know more about running a business today than we did back in November of 2011. But talk to us about those early days and, and how your experience was building a business from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I just had the arrogance to think I could do it. Um, I think I'm probably similar to most business owners in some respect in that I learn quickly. Um, I'm fairly adept at most things I attempt. I like to believe uh, intelligent and like, oh, I can just apply these things that have worked so well in my life to this new venture. And it's, uh, you know, if you've ever heard of the book E-Myth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a passion project. I am the baker working for another bakery owner who thinks that if I was the bakery owner, right, I would do all this better and the business would make so much money. And I did a couple of, you know, back of the napkin calculations. Well, if I have this many numbers. And, <laughs> a tale as old as time. Right, right, right. And I'm sure everybody's done this. And it's like, oh, if I just have this many members, I'll, I'll, I could, I'll be fine. And I just thought I could. And I opened the business and passion does get you far. And certainly there's this weird pride in working every hour of the day. You know, you, you, you brag about it as if it's a good there's thing. There's a certain nobility to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm like the uh, yeah, I'm like a knight. I mean, man, if you could be the my martyr, maybe more martyr yeah. than knight. Martyr is sure. definitely better. Yeah, I, you know, you you work every hour of every day, and you take no days off, and you barely make enough money. Or worst case scenario, you get a little bit of success. That's worse, right? They, they you know, good is the enemy of great. But like th that good term is very loose. Like barely a little bit of money makes you think that you actually know what you're talking about. And uh, that, you know, that bit me in the butt, All right, I, I had no, I didn't know how to be a leader. I didn't know how to do sales other than my, you know, maybe my natural speaking ability and my passion for a project, like sales is far beyond your natural talent to talk to people or your love for a topic. So I, I didn't know how to lead. Uh, I didn't know how to do sales. I certainly had no idea how to run the accounting part of a business as far as making good decisions, understanding what is a beta? You know, uh, what is a PL? <laughs> What's a balance sheet? Why, why does any of that matter? Accounting? I don't need an accountant. I'll just use a spreadsheet or I'll use, you know, just in hindsight, real asinine stuff 
really not not great stuff and mm. it bit me in the butt you know i'm sure you know i'm not the only one that found myself one day sitting at a kitchen table not being able to pay my staff pay my bills or my mortgage or myself that is the the unfortunate reality of our industry and so much of the reason why this show exists in the first place is that we have an outlet and that so others those coming behind us can hopefully avoid some of our mistakes looking back on that time eric it's been 12 years of, of being the leader of blue titan what's been what's been your favorite part about being a business owner what's been the toughest part about being a business owner the answer to both is people so like my favorite part without question is writing a paycheck just for me it is extremely fulfilling to write a paycheck to somebody else. Uh, there's just something about that responsibility that you have as a business owner. And, you know, many gyms, especially smaller gyms, and I certainly didn't have this at first. You don't have many, you know, I have five full-time employees. They're making, all of them are making 50,000 or more a year. They all have benefits. They have time off. I mean, everything. Real, you know, quote unquote, if you could see it, air quotes, you know, real jobs. Yeah. And they, they, Secure. yeah, they, they put food on their table for their kids and their family. They pay their rent or they pay their mortgage because of my business. And forget paycheck. The number of couples that have married and met through the gym and kids that have been born, building something that impacts the lives of others has, is a, a great purpose. And that is, that is awesome. Same token, people are without a doubt the most complicated and difficult part of running a business, managing people, dealing with egos and teaching people and, you know, your friends when you're, you know, when your friend works for you or the person that works for you becomes your friend. And, you know, these gyms are small. They're small. You know, do you invite them over your house? Do you invite them over for a party? Where does the line drawn? What if I ask, I, I was, um, I had a, a call. I, I mentor a few gyms on the side just for fun. This is not at all in any way a plug. Uh, but um, I had a call this morning with somebody and she asked this person to post something to Instagram. And if you, every, social media is really crucial. Like it's, it's crucial and consistent. You're letting the world know that you're consistent in the quality of your product. You're giving them an insight into the community that they might join. How great is it if somebody joins your gym before they ever even talk to you? In their mind, they've already joined. And, and she's frustrated. She told this employee, I want you to post this. And he doesn't post it. It's like three times she told him. And what he's really communicating to her is either I don't respect your position as my boss or I'm making the decision on my own that the order or the directive that you've given me it's just not as important as you think it is. So I'm going to choose to ignore it because it's just not important to me. And that is a, a complicated leadership issue to deal with. But hundreds of those happen every week with all of your employees and your members at all times. And I was unequipped to deal with them. And so twice it bit me in, it bit me in, the, in the behind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, twice in 13 years is, is a decent I suppose track that's record. Pretty I think good. it's... Yeah. I think that happens far more often than, than gym owners are willing to admit. And so people being the best part, people being the worst part, I think that's probably something that a lot of people listening to this can agree on. Moving along here, Eric, so many people listen to our show to figure out 
how to fill their gym, how to get people in. You you mentioned things weren't so great early on and things are far better now. So in those those years that you've been doing this, we've got 12 years of trial and error worth of data. What's been successful for you to generate some leads and, and what's maybe not been so successful? I, I hate, I'm, I'm worried. I don't want anybody, they're gonna be like, oh, I don't know how Joe found Eric, but clearly it's because Eric paid for Alex Hermosi. <laughs> so this is not, you know, if you're listening, it's not true. Joe had no idea that I actually was a client of Alex's well, years ago. Unrelated. And everything that I say is a repeat of either Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, uh, Jim Rohn, uh, or Alex. And, and of course, obviously Alex, He's just repeating that information that he got from other people. So the first advice I give everybody. There's nothing like, new. There's nothing new. And if you are not actively learning from people who are doing what you want to do, you are like wasting such, like the, if, if, if somebody was like, what's the number one piece of advice? I would say, find the people that are where you want to be and learn from them. And if they're not actively teaching, literally pay them money and say, please go to lunch with me. And please tell me, you know, Jim, Jim Rohn used to say, if you were a parent, and your friend was a parent and they were a great parent. How valuable would it be to take that parent to lunch with a notepad and say, you know, Eileen, tell me why you're such a good mom and then take really great notes. You know, it's a, a phrase Jim Rohn used to say all the time. Take good notes. You know, you had this weird voice inflection. But, uh, you know, how so the, the most valuable thing you asked from a strategic standpoint, learn from others from a tactical mm -hmm. standpoint. From a tactical standpoint, you have to understand what you don't understand. And one is pricing. The number one lever that you can change and the number one lever you should pull in your business is pricing. And I can almost guarantee that 97 out of 100 people listening do not charge enough. They are basing their pricing on what other people around them are charging or they're altruistic. Ah, I don't want to, I don't want to ask for this much money. And that could be because you're altruistic or because you don't understand your own value. You haven't broken down what it costs to, to, to pay the electric bill, the heating bill, the staff bill, the, the, the website bill, all that stuff, right? So pricing is one. Really take a hard look at your pricing and it is the fastest way to make more money. If you literally double your prices tomorrow and you lost half your gym, you'd be able to deliver the exact same service to half of the members for the exact same price, right? So like pricing is one. Uh, sales. Learn sales, hire Grant Cardone, but pay for, I still, to this day, pay for Grant Cardone University. Anybody that works for me needs to take the training. You can obviously learn from tons of sales gurus. Dan Kennedy's got a million books out there, right? Learn sales because every sale is exactly the same. It doesn't change. And it doesn't matter if you're buying a house. It doesn't matter if you're, it, it, you know, Grant Cardone famously says that sales is what got him his wife, you know, like learn sales. And then the third part is systems and processes. If you don't have systems and processes, you are doing extra work. What, what can you implement in your gym that will make your life easier or make your life more efficacious? Well, that you're can, you can make more money per hour or generate more revenue per you know, cog in the machine turning. You know, it's like if you have a mountain bike and you have you know, a high speed and a low speed and you got all these gears. Well, imagine if you had a bike without any gears. That's what your business might be. And then when you when you get the right piece of software, whether it's high level or you know uh, Zapier or 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 ClickFunnels, you get that right piece of software. It's like suddenly you have two gears, and now that second gear, your business is just that much more effective. 
And then the last piece, or if I tell everybody's four things, the last thing is leadership. Learn to be a leader because the owner of the gym is a leader. And uh, there's there's two 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 great books. That, probably the first, the most important book is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And John Maxwell breaks down these 21 uh, laws of leadership. And the one that sticks out to me the most is the law of the lid. And that is there is a lid above you right now. And, you know, another way is the Peter Principle is another book that talks about it. And it's basically like everybody is only at their max level of what they're equipped to be at the max level of. And the only way to become better is to raise that roof or raise that lid. And that's that's studying leadership. And if you don't study leadership and you don't raise your own capacity to deliver leadership to the people that you work, you can't possibly expect ever to be a better leader. And so, so long uh, version of your, of your, you know, question, answer to your question is, is uh, sales, pricing, uh, uh, systems and processes and leadership. Yep. And so if I'm to, to summarize even further than that, Eric, these were not skills that you were equipped with in the early days. These were things that you put time and energy and focus into learning so that we could run a successful business later on. I think so much of our industry focuses on, on the wrong things. We focus on how to get that CrossFit level two, level three, how to get that FRC cert, how to get strong first cert. And we've got all of these initials after our name, but the people that we're talking to don't care. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, when I, when I take on a new client for myself and I coach somebody, typically the conversations start, they're difficult at first. And it's like, look, first thing I'm gonna do is raise your price. You're gonna be uncomfortable with that. I'm gonna raise your price. I'm gonna get you some more money and help your family, right? That's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take care of your family. Another thing is I'm gonna pull you out of the business. This is weird. In a couple of years, I'll tell a gym owner in a couple of years, I don't want you teaching or I want you teaching very few classes. And it's weird because most gym owners start as coaches and they love what they do. And the idea that I'm going to take that away from them is crazy. But look, you can't be the baker and the bakery owner. If you are teaching 25 or 30 classes a week, it's not, you can't run your business. And so it typically takes me about 18 months, but over the course of 18 months, I am pulling that person out of the gym. And if you're listening and you don't like that, then you shouldn't be a gym owner. Because what you are there. Harsh reality. Uh, yeah, like you're a coach. Like you may disagree with me, but you're a coach who wants to be a gym owner instead of a gym owner. And the moment you accept that reality and you're no longer dual hat and you start putting more of your, your time, energy, and effort into being a, an owner, the more likely you are to establish a future that you can actually sell your business you can retire, you'll have stability, you'll have days off, you'll be able to travel. You know, the dream of what being a business owner is, <laughs> that's what you'll actually have. These things gotta, sound really novel in our industry. You got to give up. And, you know, you keep saying our industry too, right, Joe? And I, I want to say, like, in my experience, as I open up other businesses and I go into other industries, it's all industries. You know, most of America is small business. People don't realize. Everybody's like, oh, bad, evil corporations. Yeah, corporations are big. That's why we see them. But whatever town you're in, when you go shopping, look at all the stores to your left and your right as you're going to the market. They are mom and pop stores, every single one of them. And after 10 years, only four of each one of those will exist. 96 out of 100 close in 10 years. 
And it's not the gym owners. It's all, so if you're a gym owner and you're like, oh, this plagues the gym industry. No, it plagues all small business. And whether you're a, a massage therapist or you own a pizza joint, I'd give you the same advice. You, you got to acknowledge that you don't know what you don't know. And you got to hire somebody that is where you want to be to learn from. And that will be the best money you ever invest in your entire life. And two years later, you'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm on vacation. This is so great. To fast track that for people listening here, Eric, is there anything that you would recommend not investing money or time into as a business owner? Things to avoid as a rabbit hole? That's a great question. Um, it's really tough, you know, but for one, for one, I'll just say, when I say invest in people, you know, you're going to have people that are so afraid, me included. When I first invested in coaching, I had no money. So for me, like, I was afraid that everybody would fail. And a, a good way to think of it as a gym owner is if, if you sell somebody, somebody's like, hey, I want to lose weight. And you're like, great, I could totally help you lose weight. And that person's 50 pounds overweight and they're in their 40s. We all know that that person has tried losing weight 100,000 times. They've tried every diet, every program. They've had a Beachbody membership, a Jenny Craig membership, a Weight Watchers membership. They have done everything and everything has failed. And so there's this negative feed loop, feedback loop where they start convincing themselves that they are the failure. This is human psychology. It's not weight loss psychology. So if you're a gym owner and you're losing money or you're on this wheel, you know, you may not want to acknowledge it, but you might actually subcon subconsciously be thinking like, I'm the failure or every guru I've ever hired sucks and they don't work and I'm wasting my money. And you're starting to project all of these, you know, fallacies. So mm. invest money and, and I can't look, it's a risk. It's all a risk. Life is a risk. Jim Rohn says, nobody's getting out alive. You, you got to be willing to take the risk, but what not to divert your attention on is anything that doesn't make the business more money. The old, so a, Alex talks about this. A number of people talk about this. If I hire somebody to do something for me, and I now have two hours of my time back a week, and you use that two hours to watch, you know, four episodes of, you know, my wife's favorite show right now, Emily in Paris, which I'll admit I do catch myself watching because the <laughs> cast is extremely attractive. Um, but, you know, you if you take that time that you've spent money on and you get it back and you don't um, invest it on something, then you're you're wasting all of that money. So don't, it's not, I would say, don't not spend your money, but instead don't waste your time. Hmm. It's, a, it's a commodity that we can't get back. That's no, for sure. you, you know, everybody has the same amount and uh, what you do with that time will determine your future. Yeah. Now, as you look forward, Eric, our, our conversation we has, has teetered in the fitness industry, but you've alluded to industry beyond that. As you forecast out and, and somewhat plan for the future here, what do you think could be some potential hurdles or potential challenges gym owners will be facing here? Oh, another great question. Um, I think that gym owners, they don't, you know, Alex talks about chat GPT. He's got a great video. Uh, I keep referencing Alex as if like this is a plug for him. It's not, it is actually a plug. You know what, regardless of what you should, people should definitely hire his company. It's great. But he, he did a video on AI and one sentence really stuck with me. You know, uh, chat GPT is here to stay and there's nothing you can do about it. And some people will use it to cheat at life, but those people are already cheating and they're just using whatever tools are available. 
and they're going to cheat with AI the same way they cheat with whatever else, right? Like there was always Cliff's note. You know, if you're old enough to remember, get buying the Cliff notes on yeah, books yeah. so you didn't have yeah. to read it. There was always that, and then they became the internet. Internet's cheating, and then Wikipedia. Wikipedia's cheating. There's there's always going to be uh, something, but if you embrace it and you use it as an accelerator, and COVID sucked. I mean, I lost a quarter million dollars. Like I lost a quarter million dollars. The only reason my business is still stable and sellable is because I was lucky enough to invest in business, you know, education earlier. COVID mm -hmm. sucked. I'm not going to like try and say it was great. It wasn't. But what yeah, came out of it? was rough for everybody. It was rough for everybody. And there's a lot of people that lost their businesses. So I consider myself lucky. But it accelerated video chat. It accelerated Zoom. And so now some people are like, ah, you know, screw Zoom. I'm going back to whatever. I'll tell you how I used it. And this is the advice I give people when you say accelerate and use, use technology and changes in the world to accelerate your business, excuse me, to accelerate your business. Um, I do sales calls on Zoom. And when I tell gym owners that, they think I'm nuts. I have not had an in-person sales call in three years. I sell $2,200 paid in full packages to a third of the people I interview statistically. Now, I'm not an anomaly, by the way. I coach like six gyms right now on the side, and I have put them all on Zoom sales calls. They don't all do it exclusively, but most of them do it at least 50% of the time, okay? And the hard, the hard thing is just getting over the idea. But once they get over the idea, to somebody that has never stepped, this is going to blow some people's minds. I have a client, finds me on the website, submits their contact information. It goes through my automations and my funnels. We set up a Zoom call. We get on Zoom. That person has literally never stepped foot in my gym. And by the end of the call, they're giving me their credit card and I am billing them $2,200 for a paid in full membership. Three of those is $6,600. If you're a small gym making 10,000 bucks a month and you do three paid in fulls, you have added 166% to your revenue in a single month and you never left your room. And if you're like me, you're in your boxers or you're in PJs <laughs> below the Zoom screen, right? Yeah. And do, you know, do you know how wonderful it is to be able to wake my eight-year-old son up and spend time with my family and be in my home, take that Zoom call, having never had to driven to the to the job to the to the gym, never had to meet that person. You know, what if that person cancels? Because you know, whatever, one or two out of every ten appointments cancel. Who cares? I'm in my house. I'm or I'm working. I, it has not been an inconvenience. The amount of hours of my life that I have gotten back because I embraced Zoom technology and the fact that every American is now like, oh, Zoom appointment, no problem. I don't want my next job. I'm not going to the office. I'm going to work from home. The whole country is now comfortable with Zoom. Yeah. I have taken that, added it to my business and allowed it to accelerate my sales and my growth. Yeah, I think fitness, it's, it's an industry that lags on the technological front. We are a hard-headed community of people that avoid adopting to new things. People like you said, we use Zoom some better than others. We used it throughout COVID, but as soon as we return to normalcy, quote unquote, I don't need it anymore. But there's a select few that leaned in on that. Even the chat GPT that you're talking about, lean in on that. Use it for what it's worth. Use it for an aspect of your time or as of your role 
that it can help with, there's still a lot to be done on it, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of time that can be bought back. And that's kind of been a, a central theme in, in our conversation so far is that we can always make more money. There's plenty of ways to make money. How do I how do I assign a value to the hours of my day or the hours of my week? That's the real challenge here. I think that's a that's the hurdle that so many people in our space never overcome or, or take a long time to overcome. We're running a bit shy on time here, Eric, but I wanted to to save a little bit of time at least for you to tell people where they could learn more about you and what you do in, in Blue Titan. Is there a website? Is there social links? How can people connect and find you guys? I, I, you know, the best way is probably uh, Instagram for, for me. <clears throat> it's just my name, uh, Eric, E-R-I-C, Basic, B-A-S-E-K. Um, I have a website, ericbasic.com. That's probably the best way. Blue Titan, you can just Google it. If you happen to live close enough and you actually want to visit it, um, I, I don't, uh, my guess is I'm not going to own it more than 60 days, which is uh, kind of cool, right? Like after 12 years of toil and sweat, like to be able to exit and, and look here, this is, this is crazy. So many gym owners, they don't have an exit plan. They, they don't have a, what are you going to do when you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80? They're, I, I call them all master Kim. Have a heart attack while coaching and die on the floor. I, I, I call all of them Master Kim. Master Kim is a is was my Taekwondo instructor when I was a teenager. And I imagine he's still teaching right now and will literally teach until he dies and then the school will close. And very few people have an exit. But what I've the skills that I've learned, I have I'm in a position where I am now about to exit. And I started another company six months ago, and we're doing more than a million dollars a month. And that, you know, people see Amazon and like, ah, oh, overnight success. Now, the last 12 years, <laughs> I have been on this journey. And they say luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, I, the more studying I do, the, and, and the more I hard I work, and the more, you know, the luckier I seem to get. And so if you're a gym owner thinking I'm stuck in, or whatever business you're in, and I'm never going to get out, you definitely can get out. And you have no idea what awaits you around the corner. And it could be even better. I think the the thought experiment of trying to pitch your business to another potential owner is such a valuable use of time. So often we don't think about the exit. We don't think about retirement. We don't think about even the things that you've suggested in stepping out of the business. It's such a far-fetched thought for people to comprehend. But if we can build it with the end goal in mind, everything else along the way becomes that much more useful and, and lucrative at least like i said eric we're running a bit shy on time here and so we got to start to wrap things up but i genuinely appreciate you coming on and sharing your perspective and, and talking about blue titan and the industry and beyond i'm excited to see what the future holds for you it sounds like we're at the very early part of a new journey so that's all the time we have but i wish you nothing but the best moving forward thank you very much joe absolutely to everyone who tuned in thank you as well don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Heather Marquis, owner of Pride Fitness Performance in Newport, Vermont. Heather, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay, we're so excited that you joined us today. Um, Before we dive into the business and how you run it, first, tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, So I have always been um, a gym goer. I've just, I've always kind of been a gym rat. I've always lived in the gym. Um, I'm also a runner. I was an athlete um, in my younger years. Um, I don't know. It's always just been, I've always had a passion for it. Um, And when it came up, you know, I, I was currently um, going to this gym to Pride Fitness um, as a member. And I was training with um, a trainer there who actually works for, for my husband and I now um, in the previous owner had moved away. He was living in Alaska um, and the gym was going to close if someone didn't buy it. Um, So I nonchalantly had just mentioned it to my husband and joking and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I didn't actually think it was going to go anywhere. We had a conversation and then we were well on our way after that one conversation with the previous owner. And here we are. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's, that's such an interesting story. So What was like the mindset of buying the gym? Like, did you have a game plan going into it? Like, how did you know it was the right choice? Like, I'm just so curious. We didn't. um, So I, my current job that I had, I had been in the field for about seven years. um, And I was just kind of burnt out and just really looking um, for something different. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And when this came up, I was like, well, you know, it'd be fun. Like we could have a side business, maybe it would lighten the stress a little bit. Um, and then when we started diving into it, I just realized like I really needed to be there um, all the time. So it allowed me to leave the super stressful job that I wasn't really, really happy with and to go and do something that I love. And it is amazing being able to get up and go to a place that is yours, but something that you love to do every day. And I was very unsure, but my husband kept reassuring me and was like, you know, Heather, if there's anybody that can make it work and make a go of it, it's you. Um, so I kind of took that and just ran with it. It's amazing that you had that support. Sometimes like it doesn't work that way and you get critics or people that are skeptical. So that's amazing that you had your husband in your corner. That's awesome. I think if I didn't have him, it never, I don't think I ever would have taken, taken the leap to do it. I think I just would have been like, well, I don't know, but Definitely having him has been, I don't think I would have if I didn't have him. I don't think I would have done it. So super thankful for that. (laughs) That's so cool. So tell us about Pride Fitness Performance now. So you've taken it over. How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? What are the services that you offer? Um, So we offer a little bit of everything. Um, Our our big thing is open gym where you just kind of uh, come in and work out on your own. Our facility is quite large. It's broken down into three different sections. Um, we have a smaller section that has just uh, indoor cycling bikes. 
Um, and then we have what we call our asylum, which is where um, we have uh, all of our weights, our squat racks, all of our barbells, our leg press, um, row machine, all of that fun stuff. And then we have a separate um, part where I hold all of our classes and there's a huge foam pit because um, we also offer like a Ninja Kids program. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely something for everyone. Um, we do offer group classes. Um, we offer one class um, every day of the week other than Sunday. So I guess six days. Um, we do offer indoor cycling. We have personal training. So one-on-one. -on -one. Um, small group training. We also have buddy training. So if you and a friend want to come in and train um, with one of us. And then of course we have our Ninja Kids program, which we do um, on Wednesday afternoons. Awesome. Sounds like there's something yeah. for everybody. That's really cool. Yes. yes. So did, you, did you change anything when you took the business over or is that mostly the model that it was before you, you took over? So that's pretty much um, the model that it was before um, I tried to make minimal changes, if any, just because, um, with it being such a small area and everyone kind of knowing everyone and being used to things, I think change is hard, um, for a lot of people. So I really didn't want to go in and make all of these big changes. Um, and I also was so new with the business that I kind of went with what was already set up for us. And then, um, I always, always tell all of my clients, like I'm, very open to like, what do you like? What don't you like? What would you like to see? Um, so we can change, you know, what needs to be changed based on our clients and add also what we need to add based on our clients, just not on what, um, you know, my husband and I think we should do. Yeah, definitely. So based on like that client feedback, what changes did you make to the business? Um, we have made uh, some changes um, in our programming for classes. Um, we definitely, we made some changes as far as open gym. Um, so all of our open gym members now can get a code so they can kind of come and go as they please. Um, they don't necessarily have to go in during certain business hours when one of us is there. Um, and we've add, we've upgraded our camera system just to kind of make everyone feel a little bit safer. Um, so if anything were to ever happen. Um, yeah, like I said, the programming with our classes, we've changed that up a little bit. Um, other than that, we haven't made any huge, huge changes. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, and so tell me, how have you gotten the word out about the business since you've been there? What's kind of been your marketing strategy since taking um, So most of it has been social media. It has been Facebook. Um, also, word of mouth. Um, again, with it being a smaller area, my husband is an electrician and knows everybody and their entire family, I think. <laughs> so um, word of mouth has been big, but definitely um, mostly just social media. Right now we're working on um, making a flyer and kind of getting those out. Cause a lot of people don't even know that we exist um, still. So that's kind of our, my, the first year, uh, my main focus was just kind of get us up and running um, and getting into the swing of things and learning the business. And now that we've hit that one year mark, um, now I can focus on growing more and really getting our name out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then you mentioned Facebook. So um, on social media, do you just organically post to get the word out? Do you pay for any advertising on social media? How has that been for you? Um, we, so I have someone, um, one of my employees that does the 
um, Facebook posts for us and she posts every single day, seven days a week. She is amazing. Um, we take a lot of pictures in our open gym, our classes, our ninja kids, um, and we just post and post and post. I do pay a little bit um, to boost them so that they are seen by um, more people. Um, we did do a newspaper article, I think, when we first opened, but I don't, I honestly don't know how many people really read a newspaper nowadays. So um, a big thing around here, and I had mentioned to you, I, I work nights at the hospital is just putting up flyers in a place like that and getting to know people. So now I have a, no, a whole new clientele of people that I can tell about this place. So I think that that's really going to help. Yeah, definitely. I think that word of mouth piece is, is super important. Um, it is. You know, people, people trust, you know, whoever told them, and then they're coming in already with a, a positive idea of the gym, and they're already looking forward to your services. So I think that's that's really the, the benefit of word of mouth. The only downside is it kind of puts the, the clients or the members, their hands on how many people are coming in rather than like your hands. So, you know, with like an ad or Facebook, you can kind of turn it up and have people come in with word of mouth is kind of in their hands. I think that's the only difference, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome that they've grown such a strong community around the gym. I think that's really yeah. cool. Um, so tell me about your goals now. So where do you see the gym um, in the future in the next few years? What's the big goal? Um, so I think we just kind of touched on one is just to really, um, take take our name and run with it and get out there and just really like just really really get our name out there um other than that i want i would love for our classes so we do have big um morning classes but i would really really love for our classes to blow up even more so that i'm having to add more times um each day so maybe i'm having two classes a day and maybe even different types of classes um Right now, it's like, you know, a fit camp class with some basic um, CrossFit, but I have a trainer um, who is level three CrossFit certified, and I'm actually going to be um, going up through the levels here pretty soon, too. So we could offer, you know, actual just CrossFit classes for people that are interested in that. Um, so just really growing, just really adding to it. Um, like I said, we hit that one year mark. Um, so now that I'm kind of know how it works now, we can kind of go in a different direction and, and focus on some different stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. I think diversifying those classes, um, and that's so cool. You're getting certified as well. Um, yes. so I'm curious, how do you schedule your day? How do you stay organized? You're a mom, <laughs> you work nights, you're going to get certified. What's your secret? How do you, how do you stay on task? <laughs> um, for one, I have a super great supportive husband, um, who really, really can, um, he picks the kids up most every night. It is him picking the kiddos up from sports, um, getting them to where they need to be. Um, so my alarm goes off at 345 most days of the, <laughs> the week. Um, and I get up and try to do what I need to do to kind of get everyone going for the day. And then I leave the house by 4.30. Um, I coach our 5.30 a.m. classes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then from there, it's really um, the clients that I have. I know um, what days and times work best for them. 
Um, so I schedule them in and then I work my per diem nights at the hospital um, around that. And it really is just, my days are pretty full. Um, if I do have a break, I try to come home and, and make dinner if I have to work that night. So it's one less thing my poor husband has to deal with. <laughs> But it's just crazy, but I have become very organized and I have learned to like, okay, you need to do this on this day. And I have things that need to be done at the gym that I just have um, mastered of, you know, they need to be done on these days at this time. And, and you just kind of go with it. And when, once you get that basketball schedule and your work schedule and you have it all in front of you, then I can piece it all together. So Sunday nights, I usually sit down and do that. <laughs> do that and I'm prepared for the whole week. Yeah. You're a superwoman. I'm never going to complain about being tired. Again. <laughs> awesome. I complain. I do complain that I'm tired. I always say to my husband, I'm like, I am so tired. Like I'm exhausted. So I definitely do complain about being tired. Yeah, that's fair. You have to, but it's good. You have, you have someone who will listen to your complaints and ear to, to complain to, but what is your yes. goal for, you know, you as a business owner, do you see yourself always coaching? Would you like to take more of an outside um, role in the business? Where do you see yourself, you know, long-term? Um, I, I would like to stay having, um, you know, a role in the gym every day, like I have now, not just being the owner. Um, I just really love our gym and all of our clients. And I think it's super important, um, especially in this area where it is so small to really know, you know, who's coming and going and what's going on in your gym and that your face is seen. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, maybe at some point I'll take a step back a little bit. Um, but not probably not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the biggest pieces of this industry is just the connections that you get to make with people. And that's something, you know, a lot yeah. of people don't back from. Yeah. We have met some of our best friends th that are now our best friends just over the last like little over a year that we've owned the gym. So it's been, it's been amazing. And we, all of our clients are awesome. Just very cool. Yay. That's awesome. I love that. So um, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you face in the business right now? What's been, you know, the hardest thing that you you've encountered so far? I think the biggest thing is, um, and I hate to even say this, but I think it comes down to, to money and, and paying and paying. Um, I think COVID was really hard for a lot of people. And, um, I think that the gym can be a big expense, um, depending on what you want to do. Um, all of our members are usually pretty good. You know, every once in a while there's, you know, someone that we kind of have to just remind. Um, but also like I have to learn too, as a person that I can't keep every single person happy. Um, mm -hmm. and I stress too much about that. You know, I, I take offense when someone may not like, you know, everything about class that day, but then five other people love it. Um, so I'm constantly like changing, like, well, what does this person like? And what would the, and I just have to learn that, like, that's kind of just how it works is you're, I'm never going to be able to make every single person happy every single day. And it's a challenge and it's really hard because I worry, I'm an overthinker. So I <laughs> worry way too much way too much yeah I feel that I do too it's hard because yeah. it's like your business you put everything into it it's like a child of yours and so when someone right. doesn't 
like something about it, it's easy to take it personally, especially because they don't see all the work that goes into it. But yeah, I think as, yes. as a business owner, it's just one of those things you have to let go of. But yeah, I definitely yes. hear you on that. And somebody did tell me, they're like, well, Heather, if you didn't worry about that, then you probably, you probably wouldn't care about your business. And I do care. Like I want to be successful and I want to be here for many, many years for everyone. Um, so I just, it's a, it's a learning process. It's a huge learning process. Yeah, definitely. What's been the most surprising thing about owning a gym? What's something that you didn't expect? Um, I think just the amount of support from everyone, like everyone has been so supportive and just, I mean, I went in this not knowing anything about owning a gym. I was a member of this gym. That's all I knew was the member side of this business. So I went into this totally blindfolded. Um, my husband and I had never, you know, owned anything like this. Um, but the previous owner, Tyler, he has been amazing. Like we still keep in contact. Anytime I have even the most like tedious question, he is right there to answer it. Um, but all of the members have been very, very cool. Um, we still have a lot of members that were there before um, we bought the gym and we have a ton of new members, but everyone is just super, super supportive. And I was not expecting that. And even people that don't go to our gym, just people that we see in passing, people that we know um, and our families have been, have played a huge, huge part in that. Um, so I think, yeah, that's been the biggest surprise, I think. That's awesome. What a good surprise. <laughs> yes, definitely. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who wants to own their own gym? Like if someone's thinking about buying a gym or starting their own, um, what would you tell them? <laughs> It's a seven day a week, 24 hour a day job. It is. Um, but with that being said, set boundaries right off the back. Um, I, I did not do that. Um, and my husband and my children actually were like, you know, mom, like you're never here. And when you are here, you're always answering emails or answering phone calls. Um, set boundaries. Just don't answer a phone call. Don't answer an email after a certain time at night. And don't work every single day. Like there is a rule that I don't train clients on Sundays. I don't go to the gym on Sundays. I don't answer emails on Sundays or I'm not supposed to. I do um, if it's quick, but you just, you have, you do have to give yourself some time. Um, but I also, if I see something pop up, I want to get right back to that person. I don't want to keep them waiting. Um, but yeah, just set those boundaries and still try to take time for yourself um, because it can be very, very overwhelming. Um, but as long as you're putting everything you have into it, it'll work out. And that's what I've done. And it's been over a year and we are still here and still going strong and still growing. So Yes, that's awesome. I totally agree with yeah. setting boundaries. It's easy to, you know, want to be everyone's cheerleader and best friend yeah. and then before you know it, you're scheduling appointments at 10 o'clock at night and yes, chaos. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I think that's really good advice. Um, but before we sign off here, I'm going to leave on another positive note. What's your favorite part of being a gym owner? Um, huh, it's a toss up. I love all of the clients. It's just so fun. It is so fun. And it's just great that I get to go 
to a gym every single day. Like that's what I get to do for a living. It's my favorite thing to do is to work out. Like I love it. And just being able to go and do that every day and see other people doing it and crushing their goals. And it's just such a positive and happy environment. Like it's rare that there's anything negative going on there. Um, yeah. And I'm just super thankful that I had the opportunity to do something that I love. Um, and again, it just, it really does go back to my husband because I never, ever, ever would have thought about doing this if I didn't have him nudging me along to do it. He's like, just do it, just do it. So yeah, I think just, just really going there every day and I get to work out every day. I have no excuses now. So <laughs> it's fun and I love it yeah awesome well thank you Heather for everything that you shared with us today um you had some really good advice and a really cool story um I love how you just you went for it so I think that's awesome but before we sign out where can we find you where can we follow along um social media website all that good stuff yes so we do have a website um that just shows like all of our different classes it's just pridefitnessperformance.com And then we do have a Facebook page and an Instagram, um, which we post to both daily. And that's also um, Pride Fitness Performance. Awesome. Pride Fitness Performance, everyone. Check them out. Visit Heather if you're in Newport, Vermont. But thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyd's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Adam. I'm your host today. And today with me is Mr. Gentry with Flexible out of Mount Pleasant in Charleston, South Carolina. Gentry, how are you today? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, appreciate you taking the time here today to have a conversation with on the show and kind of, you know, explain your story a little bit. So, um, you know, with the uh, semi-sun we got going on here, to go ahead and give our, our listeners a little uh, background on yourself and, you know, like how you dabbled into the industry, you know, what your passion is and, you know, how the flexible came about. Okay. So I, um, became a personal trainer in the early 2000s. Uh, I was a trainer, personal trainer for over 10 years. Um, National Academy of Sports Medicine certified. Uh, kept that going. Uh, my, you know, as a personal trainer, um, 
one of the problems with the National Academy of Sports Medicine or some of these other um, certifications is you learn out of a book and then you go in and pass a test and okay, you're a trainer. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you really understand what you're doing as a trainer. So um, I'm very analytical and I really like to kind of dive deep into what's going on with people. So um, as a trainer, my first goal with people was uh, don't get hurt. Um, so, you know, starting off with the movement assessments, uh, seeing what people can actually do, um, getting them to do the exercises and things that I wanted them to do correctly before I could really get them to their goals uh, was kind of my biggest approach with everybody. Uh, just want to make sure everybody stayed safe overall. Um, I was in two different gyms in the Charleston area, um, Pivotal Fitness for about five years. And then I was with uh, Chucktown Fitness for another five years. Um, about seven years into the industry, um, as a personal trainer, I had heard of another company that was offering uh, assisted stretching. And um, it just really makes sense. Um, in the meantime, before that, I've, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and own my own business. So I had written business plans for small gyms and gyms are expensive. You know, that's uh, costs a lot of money to get them going. Uh, you've got a lot of competition. You're competing with everybody, you know, uh, yoga and uh, CrossFit and just your big box gyms and things like that. So um, uh, business plans never took me too far with like a gym type model. Um, so when I heard about this other industry, uh, I, I actually know the guys who bought the company from the, the guy who created it. Uh, so originally contacted those guys and said, Hey, I'm interested in what you're doing. Maybe I can put one up here in Charleston. And uh, their answer was no, we'll come and open it. You can run it. Um, Cause they weren't ready to franchise at the point. Um, so they had put everything on YouTube and the more I kind of dove into what they were doing, I just really disagreed with my, background and my philosophy of how to actually help people. Um, I think there's deal is more of a cookie cutter, uh, one size fits all approach, um, as where, you know, as throughout my career as a personal trainer, nobody's the same, you know, everybody has different issues. Everybody has different problems. Everybody has different muscle imbalances. So I wanted to create a program that could address these issues for each individual person. Um, so we do, uh, I spent about two and a half years, you know, working 10 hour days, uh, going home, sitting on the computer, plugging away, uh, coming up with everything and basically started it from scratch. Um, opened in November of 2016 with my first store. Uh, got my second store open uh, about two years later. So um, got the two stores going right now. Um, but what we do is uh, we start people off with a movement assessment, um, see how their muscles just naturally move their body. Uh, once we can identify the muscle imbalances, uh, short muscle on one side of the joint, longer muscle around the other, that lets us know where we need to stretch and what we need to do to uh, strengthen to kind of correct the posture. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about correcting posture. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Appreciate sharing that. And, you know, it's, it's different, you know, um, you know, you see all these, you know, different places like um, stretch lab and what are, what are the, some of the other ones I've seen stretch zone. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of, you know, you start off with the, the posture analysis and things like that. Um, you know, when somebody comes to you, you know, kind of, you know, walk us through, 
a little bit and more in depth, you know, what the, the exact process, like, you know, like what is, what is a posture analysis, you know, consist of, do they have to do like certain like side bends and, and reach overs and things yeah. like that? So the first part of it is uh, understanding what their true need is for coming into the, my business. Um, everybody comes there for a reason, whether it's tight, whether it's low back pain, shoulder and neck pain, so on and so on. So ultimately we're really trying to dig deeper into, you know, well, what is your actual true reason? You know, uh, if you got low back pain, what is that causing you to not be able to do um, in your future? Um, So that's kind of the first part, finding out surgeries, things like that, you know, what's happened with their health history in the past. Um, We do a static uh, assessment where we're just kind of looking at how they stand, you know, do they stand with their feet turned out? Do they stand with one shoulder higher than the other one hip higher than the other? Uh, kind of make our notations on all those. Then we incorporate a uh, an overhead squat assessment, a shoulder flexion uh, assessment, a shoulder abduction assessment, and internal and external rotation. Um, like I said, th- this tells us how the muscles just naturally move the body. So if I have somebody do a squat and their knees and feet turn way out, that's going to tell me immediately that the deep, deep muscles of the external rotators of the hips are tight. So I know the piriformis and there's five other muscles in that uh, complex there that uh, will externally rotate the leg. Those are going to be super tight on them. Um, But that also shows me that I need to strengthen the internal rotation muscles, which are going to be your glute mid and glute med and TFL. Um, And then understanding, you know, getting my employees and everybody to understand why we're doing what we're doing is, is the biggest thing. Um, So, you know, if we like I said, it's, uh, it's all about correcting posture. Um, it's kind of the same thing that chiropractors do. Uh, they do it by manipulating the skeleton. We do it by working with the muscles that are actually moving the skeleton. Um, so physical therapists are pretty much doing the same thing that we're doing as well too. Um, since we're not physical therapists, we can't take insurance. However, you know, my, my staff is trained very well to, be able to understand, you know, why we're doing what we're doing and have a, come up with a good approach to it. So. Awesome. I I always love and appreciate people that do the, you know, the science and the education behind exactly what it is they're doing, because you can be stretching somebody, but why am I stretching this person? Oh, they have, they have a a sore leg. Okay, cool. Like, you know, like what, what's the benefit? What's, you know, what's going to be the, the, the overall outcome, you know, what they're going to improve posture. They're going to be able to, to walk more evenly or more fluidly. They're going to have even pressure on the left and the right leg, you know, like those types of things. So I, I appreciate, and uh, you know, that type of thing, because, you know, a lot, oftentimes, you know, you'll see like these 18 year olds or 20 year olds or whoever really come in and like, all right, cool. I'm a stretch you know, therapist or whatever the title might be. And it's like, you know, okay, well, you know, why do you do what you do? You know, what's, what's the benefit you're creating for the people? And they're like, uh, I don't know. I, sh- I stretch people. So, yeah, yep, exactly. I mean, I see it in personal trainers. I see it in oh, a yeah. lot of different industries in the health and fitness world. Um, but like I said, my goal is to really get down to the root of the problem. You know, why are you having this pain? What is going on? How are the muscles contributing to the pain that you're having and how are we going to fix it for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I definitely need to come see you. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I've, I've been to, when I lived in Florida and just two cents here, I've been in Florida and I went to like a stretch zone or stretch lab and, you know, had a partnership with, you know, my gym at the time that I was, you know, operating or um, managing. And, you know, like it, there, there is, you know, like maybe you had surgery and, you know, like, let's say for example, somebody had a hip replacement mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you have 
filleted muscles and now they're recovered and they're tight and like you feel stiff and it's like there's pain there and it's like you don't realize that you know if you have the correct person stretching the right way that the muscles are supposed to be and things like that and you know the the pnf or the dynamic or you know the static stretches and all that stuff it's like it can really be a benefit to you because you don't you don't often realize like you know i work remote so like i sit now for a long time so it's like you got to get up and move those muscles and if you sit four five six seven eight weeks eight hours a day every day it's like you're gonna notice some differences here yep absolutely well the muscles adapt to our posture, things that we do repetitive motions over and over and over again. So um, we take it from the way you sleep to the way you uh, sit on the couch. Uh, it's what you're doing at work all day, whether you're sitting all day long. Um, so it's in, like I said, the muscles adapt to that, uh, to be in those positions. Um, you're familiar with fascia, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So fascia is, I explained it like silly putty. Um, fascia is actually collagen. <laughs> now listen to me here. So fascia is collagen that surrounds our muscle fibers. Um, it also surrounds our arteries and joints and works within our organs, uh, but allows the muscles to you know hold the muscle fibers together within the muscle belly, but it also allows the muscles to slide over top of each other because we have the superficial and the deep muscles. So um, as that fascia gets tight, if we're not moving our bodies in a full range of motion on a regular basis, um, that fascia will get tight around the muscles, not allowing the muscles to fully extend or fully contract. Um, that's where massage guns, that's where massage itself comes in play. Um, foam rolling is a self myofascial release. So we, uh, do incorporate a lot of that stuff. Um, loosen the muscle up a little bit first. Uh, we do have infrared saunas at our stores. Um, so you can use a sauna to heat your muscles up before we come in and, and stretch. Um, and then our goal is to lengthen that muscle. Well, retrain the nervous system to understand it's okay to be to go that far to be you know to act in a mice and to be pulled apart that far um so it's uh you know getting the muscles and it's got a ton of benefits to it so yeah. awesome did that, did that analogy make sense to you no yeah absolutely i love <laughs> hearing about you know the the science behind it. i was like a science geek when it came to like anatomy and stuff like that and physiology it's like you know, you got the, the, the actin, the myosin, the Z-line, you got the, you know, the sarcomere, you know, like all those like deep, delicate, intricate things that, you know, nobody really like actually thinks about. And it's like, oh, you have like thin filament, you have thick filament, you, each one represents a different thing and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So um, yeah. love, love the analogy. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, going back to the, the silly putty, it's like if you have silly putty sitting on the table for a week, it doesn't move very easy. Um, once you play with it for a while, it stretches, it moves, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to go through. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my biggest goal is to teach my employees to train the community, the people, my clients that are coming in, this is what's going on with your body. This is things I would recommend that we do. Um, plus the way we are physically stretching the people, we know how to align the joint to to target specifically what we're trying to target uh, to get you to that goal. Awesome. Love it. Um, so that being said, let's kind of dive into, you know, like the more like statistic kind of things, you know, your, your facilities, um, you know, how many members do you currently, you know, serve, how big are your studios? So my studios are about 1700 square feet. Um, my Mount Pleasant studio is a little bit larger. Uh, I have more saunas in that studio, but that's the only reason why it's larger. Um, but I could probably do with about 1500 square feet. I mean, I could probably cut back a little bit if I needed to. Um, I have 
uh, nice waiting area, um, and then basically six stations. So a uh, massage table and a chair, we do the lower body stretching on a massage table. The upper body stretching is done with a client sitting in a chair. Um, the arms have a bigger range of motion than the legs do. So we need to be able to, you know, move around the person to be able to get into all the different range of motions to target what we're trying to target. Um, in the back of the stores is a small little uh, fitness area where I've got uh, resistance bands, TRX, um, step boxes, uh, light dumbbells, uh, you know, two to or three to 15 pound dumbbells. Um, basically just, you know, all the basic small things that you need. It's not a full size gym. We don't have stacks of weights or, uh, squat racks or anything else, but, um, it's really more about, we're not training people physically in there, but we're more teaching people correct form, teaching people how to do things the right way. Why is this why are we doing what we're doing? What are the exercises that are going to uh, strengthen the longer, weaker muscles to be able to correct the balance of the around the joint? Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then so, yeah, so 1,700 square feet, you know, roughly how many people, you know, I don't know if you said this, I apologize, but, you know, how many people do you think you have on a, you know, a monthly um, basis or does it vary? Like, how do your memberships work? Are you, this? you know, it, it varies. Um we, uh, I'd probably say I have close to 2000 active clients. Now, when I say active, it means that they've purchased sessions that they necessarily haven't actually used yet. Um, some people fall off the, you know, off the list. Sometimes they just don't come back. Um, so retention is always an issue. Um, but I don't want to say always an issue. Um, we have quite a few regulars that come quite often. So, um, uh, and that's between the two stores, probably roughly about a thousand active per, per store. Okay. And so I know like with like stretch zone and just like some of the other places that I've, I've been familiarized with, you know, is it, do you more or less just do like package types where like they buy X amount of sessions and they have X amount of time to use it? Do you have like some recurring memberships where it's like people come every month? So I've, that's one thing that I've struggled with, well, I don't say struggled with. I uh, have recently changed. Um, I had way too many options on my price sheets, uh, but my price sheets, I used to do uh, three month and six month agreements. Um, and the more you committed to the program, the cheaper the prices got. Um, we do hours and half hour sessions. Um, the, uh, on average, it's about $45 for a half hour and about $75 for an hour. Um, so people can buy, but since then I've changed all my memberships. It's a month by month membership. You have to do a minimum of two months. Um, so nobody's committed to really super long-term commitments or anything, uh, but they can keep going as long as they want, or they can do two months and stop if they want. Um, so, but once again, it's, you know, the more you buy, the more you commit to the program, the cheaper the prices are getting. Um, I do offer some five packs and 10 packs where they can just purchase it and use it and, um, you know, then re-up whenever they're done with them. Um, so that's, that's pretty much how my pricing works. Uh, my goal is to get everybody on a, that month to month agreement though. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the recurring is always, you know, the best. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. So talk to me about, you know, like some more of those goals, you know, you uh, mentioned here that, you know, um, you know, obviously getting more clients in the door, but, you know, 
what, what, what does that look like? Do you want to increase more, like you said, revenue with, you know, reoccurring memberships or, you know, do you want to grow the, the business, the clientele overall and, you know, maybe expand or kind of, you know, walk us through like, like a big, big, like one to three years, three yeah. to five. Years. You know, I mean, I, I would like to, um, just grow the business. Uh, um, I would love to have five, 10, 15 stores, um, get to a point where it's pretty big and then I can turn around and sell the whole thing. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so the, the hardest thing I would say about the industry that I'm in with the assisted stretching is um, it's a new service that most people don't know about. Um, people are familiar with chiropractors, they're familiar with massage, they're familiar with physical therapy. Um, top athletes in the world have gotten stretching like we do, but it's never really been offered to the general public. Um, so the struggle has always been educating the community to understand hey, this is beneficial for you. Um, I offer everybody's first half hour free uh, so they can come and experience how it works. And uh, we we convert right around 65 to 70% of the people coming in the doors from their first session, free session to paying clients. Um, So, you know, the biggest goal is get more people in the doors. Um, You know, the more people I can get in the doors, uh, that's better for me. Um, word of mouth is always the best forms of advertisement. Uh, but over the years, I feel like I've done a little bit of everything, uh, TV, newspaper, radio, billboards, uh, you name it, I've done it, uh, social media. So. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, you know, try a little bit of everything to see, you know, where, you know, where the meat and potatoes lie and, you know, what's going to make the most sense, you know, long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I'll, you know, I feel like everyone has a different opinion on this, but, you know, word of mouth, it's great. You know, love, you love that because it shows value inside of your facility and everything, but, you know, word of mouth only goes so far, so fast for so long. Correct. And it's like, you know, you could reach, you know, maybe see 30 clients a day or 50 clients a day or what, you know, whatever the, the time frame looks like, but it's like, you can ask those people every day for five days and you've tapped out, you know, everybody in the, you know, two mile radius. Yep. Uh, I know with traffic in Charleston and Mount Pleasant area, you know, the traffic is kind of horrendous in a way, um, <laughs> So you know, that, that probably plays a factor as far as like, you know, how much people are willing to drive and the traffic and, you know, they put up with it and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like, I know the market there is a little bit, you know, more condensed as far as like the people that are like within a driving distance that's not going to take 25 minutes to go three miles or you know what have you exactly so, yep yeah that's one thing i did notice moving into south carolina i was like oof i was like i 26 about five o'clock in the afternoon no <laughs> absolutely not yep oh, yep there's that. uh yeah if you're living that far out of ta- out of charleston it's uh you don't want to be on the road during certain times no that i 26 to 526 exchange right there is just they got they got to do something different about that but yep <laughs> Um, cool. So obviously, you know, get more people into work, you know, roughly how many people do you see a week that are potential new prospects or, you know, bi-weekly or monthly or however you might, uh, you know, we're averaging right now about 35, 40 new people a month per store. Um, I would like to see that closer to 60 to 70 new people a month. Um, I know I've done it in the past. It's just 
you know, once again, the, that marketing is a, I would say that's probably my toughest area of running the business is, you know, dealing with these marketing companies, they promise you the moon and stars and they don't deliver, <laughs> you know, so, um, but I've kind of recently, uh, just kind of been taking it over myself, uh, got an advisor that I've been working with on, you know, putting things together. How do we, you know, make sure these guys are performing the way they're supposed to perform. And so it's starting to work better and better. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I was just having a conversation with another person. It's like, you know, depending on who and where you go, it's like the, it's like, it's like the opposite end. Like the marketing people are trying to get you people or, you know, gym owners and fitness clubs and stuff like that to let them do your marketing. But at the same time, you're looking for somebody that's going to do the marketing. Like you don't have yeah. to have them 24 seven and be like, Hey, like, where's my ads? Like when's the new, you know, this has been run for two weeks. What's up? You know, um, I've, I've definitely had to deal with that a lot too, you know, switching companies and it's like, Hey, like I'm seeing, you know, 20 to 30. Now I'm seeing 10 to 15. Like what's up. Yep. Yep. So, um, so those 35 new people, that's like new prospects that are coming in the door that potentially become members, or is that conversion into new members? That's uh, new prospects coming in the doors. Um, and then, like I said, we're converting 65 to 70% of those. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, you know, a little bit between like probably what, like 30, 25, 30. Yeah. Yeah. New people. Yeah. New purchases per month per store. Yeah. Awesome. Um, excuse me. Now, um, do you know, I talked about big goals. Do you have a target number of like, you know, member base that, you know, that's reoccurring that, you know, is going to allow you to do these other business endeavors or business things, or is it kind of just like, you know, once the revenue is there, that's kind of where you're like, okay, let's start seeing, you know, what else is out there. Uh, so I don't know if we've, talked about this yet um that's kind of one of the things i'm getting ready to start doing is reaching out to other businesses uh um yeah like will have, yeah yeah but well even go into like a dentist office or a mechanic or a software company and say hey are you doing a well-being program for your employees uh, a lot of companies will have like an on-site massage therapist or have a chiropractor come in once a month um so that's kind of what i'm looking to do to kind of generate more income outside of my brick and mortar stores um and uh once i get them signed up for that i will send an employee to their business to work with and stretch all their employees while we're there. Um, so that's, it's also doing a couple things for me. It's, you know, I'm getting paid by the employer to send my employees out there to work with their staff. Um, it's got a lot of benefits for the employer and the employee, but then I'm also getting in front of a lot more employee, you know, people overall. Um, if I'm only at the business once a month and they really see the benefits of what we're doing, they're going to come into my stores, you know, and take the time. So yeah, no, yeah, I remember you saying that in the beginning. Yeah, planting that seed. Yep, yep. Good man. Um, so, and you, you you touched on marketing and stuff like that. You know what what you know maybe to shed a little bit more light for our listeners. You know what you know were some of the things that you know when you were you know trying a bunch of different marketing schemes and stuff like that or things. What were some of the things that you know worked a little bit better? You know, aside from word of mouth, and then what were some of the things that you're like you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try this again. Radio was not good. Um, newspaper was not good. Any print ad was just a waste of money. Um, and I've tried all different kinds of things like that. Um, 
when I did billboards, uh, didn't really seem to do much for me. Um, you know, it's, yes, you said the traffic is bad and people are on the roads, uh, but billboards are expensive. Um, you're familiar with the area. Um, there's billboards down by the Cooper river bridge, uh, between Mount Pleasant and downtown, those billboards go for 25, 30 grand a month. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> so, um, and then you're not guaranteed that that's actually going to work for you, you know? Um, so it's just kind of more branding. Um, I'd say what's worked best for me is probably social media. Um, getting, you know, all that stuff put out there correctly. Uh, my only problem with social media is that most people's attention span is pretty short. So people are just scrolling through and they'll see something that's interesting. They'll click it. And I would immediately get their contact information. However, we'd have to chase them and chase them and chase them to try to get them to book their session. Um, So it was a lot of extra work doing it that way, but um, I did get more leads, more, you know, client info through that than I did pretty much any other stores. Um, I am currently doing Google ads, um, email marketing campaigns, uh, and social media at the moment. Um, So, and my email marketing is uh, really only to my database of emails. Um, So, you know, trying to get clients that have been open since 2016, trying to, you know, remind them about what we're doing, getting them back in the doors, even if they haven't been there for a couple of years. you know, once again, spreading word of mouth. Uh, I do a um, referral program for my clients. Um, they send somebody in, says, Joe sent me in, uh, throw their name in a raffle. Uh, once a quarter, we're doing a drawing for $250 uh, Visa gift card. Um, then I'm also doing it for my employees to make sure that they're recommending to their, you know, talking to their clients about sending in referrals, um, also giving us Google reviews and things like that. So they're on a whole separate uh, raffle as well. Um, but a couple different things going on there. Um, yeah. and you're doing the, the social media stuff more or less yourself, right? Right now I am doing it myself. Um, I've finally gotten a lot of information about how to do it, how to do it the right way. Um, it's expensive to hire somebody to do it for you. And a lot of times these people turn it on and forget about it. Um, so that's kind of been one of my big, biggest experiences with a lot of these marketing companies is they'll set it up and turn it on. And, you know, two, three months, four months later, you start looking into everything and you're like, well, why didn't you pay attention to this? Well, this isn't working and this is working. Why is this still going? And, you know, AB testing and things like that. So, um, you know, staying on top of the marketing companies that I've used in the past, it's, it's just been difficult. Um, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, I was getting 30, 40 leads. Now I'm getting 10, you know, this, that doesn't make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it's, you almost need a degree to learn how to do the social media campaign, uh, you know, marketing, the Google ads, marketing, understand all the analytics and stuff. It's not like it used to be. I'm a, I'm quite a bit older than you are, but you know, back in the day it was radio newspaper and TV and that was it. So now it's, everything's online. So, yeah, so. it's there. There's so many, you know, little tips and tricks and you know quirks and stuff like that when it comes to marketing and click funnels and you know all the stuff that you know people go through. And it's like it's you almost have to take a full on course to be able to understand exactly how you know pixels and you know uh, you know main pages and you know the list goes on and on. And on. Yeah, lookalike audiences and all that kind of stuff. So 
yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And you know, it's funny cause like you can click on something and then you get like a pop-up and another pop-up and another pop-up and like, if you're like me, I'm like X, X, X. <laughs> it's yep. like, you know, the, the certain thing's going to work. Certain people are going to be like, this is really annoying. And be like, Oh, like, this is so cool. And like, you just, you just don't know. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's kind of like throwing a bunch of darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, yeah, so exactly. Um, well, cool, man. You know, we talked on, you know, leads, a little bit of the marketing, you know, things like that. Um, so to, to reiterate big, big goals, you know, you said that you'd love to have four, five, six, you know, locations, 10 locations, whatever, you know, you know, realistically, once you get this, you know, well-being plan in place and you start to see like, you know, some different offices and things like that, you know, what's, what's going to be the next route from there? You know, you, you get this program in place, you start seeing, you know, an increase in revenue and, you know, more people coming indoors and stuff yeah. like that. Kind of where, where do you want to take it from there? So, I mean, my stores are not completely full at capacity at the moment. So, like I said, I have six stations in each store. Um, I don't have six employees working all at the same time every single day throughout the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can handle a lot more business than what I currently have at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, um, grow the business out to where, I'm getting, you know, have a, I'm at full capacity, um, open another store, open another store, so on and so on. Um, I'm personally not super, super interested. I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on the whole franchising model of it all. Um, opening my first store up, I didn't have to do any kind of build out. So I was able to get that store open for about 30 grand, um, which was, you know, really cheap to open a business oh, yeah. up. Um, my second store, I had to do a pretty much a full build out. And then I added saunas in as well too. So that ended up costing me a lot more money. Um, I don't think I'll continue to use saunas in future locations. Um, just the amount of money that we, I, it took to get them to, you know, have them in the, in the studios and everything. Um, you know, we live in Charleston, South Carolina and it's 95 degrees in the summertime. It's hot. People oh, yeah. are like, why would I want to use a, use a sauna? It's, you know, too hot outside. Uh, doesn't really make sense. Um, so plus being that my service is in a, it's a new industry. Um, I'm more about educating clients to come in for the stretching and corrective exercise than I am about, uh, promoting my saunas. Um, my saunas are really cheap. I'm just trying to, you know, get back the money that I've uh, spent to put them in there. Um, so that's, you know, really my goal is just get it full capacity and, uh, open the next door, open the next door. Um, you know, the, the franchise model is good. You still have to maintain the franchisees, um, making sure that they're upholding the standards that I want, uh, making sure that, you know, they're going to have changeover of employees, making sure that, you know, there's a lot involved with being a franchisor, uh, to do it. And, uh, you know, if I can get it going, I don't personally have to be at my stores. Um, they pretty much run themselves. Uh, I've got all my systems and everything in place where my employees really know what they're doing. Um, at the moment I am with just the two stores. I'm currently the only one that's training my staff, um, like the initial training, mm-hmm. uh, after that they work with each other and it's a, it's a continuing education with my employees. They're always, learning we're working with each other um holding meetings with them to get them to understand more and more and more so really digging into why we're doing what we're doing instead of 
well, we do this one, let me do this one. So, because that's the order. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, no, that's a recap. It's, you know, you're just basically looking to just scale out each facility to the max it's can and then, you know, on to the next. And then, you know, whether you decide Correct. to make that a uh, that franchise leap or not, yep. you'll have, you know, fully functioning studios. Yep. And yep. You know, staff wise, like, but yeah, yep. staff wise, it's kind of like, you know, who doesn't like to stretch on each other and, you know, stretching feels good. It releases endorphins, you know, you're, you know, almost, almost kind of like you feel reinvigorated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, you know, the staffing is the only other hardest part of the job. Um, I think my business attracts more of the younger 20 something year old employees uh, who are fresh out of college or, you know, haven't been in the industry for very long. And I hate to say they use me as kind of a stepping stone towards their next, you know, lifelong career, um, whether it's going back to school to be a physical therapist or whatever it may be. Um, But I kind of end up in that situation. Um, I don't, not going to say that I have a high turnover, turnover of employees. Um, most of my employees last six, eight, a year, eight months to a year. Um, but you know, you do go through employees. Yeah. Just a uh, part of the game there. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, Mr. Gentrick, uh, last couple of things here is, you know, for anybody out there looking to do a startup business, you know, somewhere, something in the fitness, health and wellness industry, you know, what advice would you give them? If you want to start, you have to put it on paper to start. You'll never get anywhere with just an idea. Um, Start putting everything down, figuring everything out before you go and spend one penny on anything. Uh, Show your business plan to other business owners, friends, family, Um, find out what you're missing. Um, Because you can't think of everything ahead of time, but that's kind of the goal is to have it all figured out and in place. So that way, when you do open the doors, it's everything's going to run smooth. Um, but really just ask questions, uh, get as much advice from other people that you can and really kind of dive deep into, you know, what do I need in order to do this? You know, uh, um, how do I want it to, how do I want to decorate it? Uh, what kind of forms do I need? You know, you need an employee handbook, you need a training model, you need a, uh, an agreement form for your clients. I mean, there's, and even to the point of like employee requests, off forms, things like that, uh, you know, there's a, there's so much to figure out with starting your own business. Uh, but just, you know, keep plugging away and keep uh, asking questions from all your friends and family that, you know, that own their own businesses or, you know, could give you any kind of advice. I like that answer a lot. That's uh, I think, you know, people have all these ambitions and dreams and stuff like that, but you know, having it on paper it's like okay i'm looking and reading exactly what it is i'm gonna do it's almost like you're creating your own like step-by-step playlist of you know how to tackle this and if you gotta erase and scribble and redo a couple things along the way then um, no well like i said i i took me about two and a half years um from the time that i started putting something on paper for this business to the time that i actually opened the doors um and there's just you know a million things to think about and figure out and everything else but and there's always a surprise that comes up when you do start your business, you know, Oh, I didn't think about this expense or I didn't think about that. And you're scrambling at the end, trying to figure it out. Well, you want to have as much of that figured out ahead of time that you can. Yeah. And that's, you know, to, for, for everybody out there listening, it's, you know, two years, two years for one business idea to come into fruition and 
you know, obviously now it's starting to pay off. So it's, it's, you know, the time is worth the wait, you know, but as long as you continue to pursue it. Yep. And put the hard work in, uh, um, being your own boss has a lot of advantages, but it also has a lot of disadvantages. Um, and one of the biggest disadvantages is if you don't know the answer, you don't necessarily have somebody helping you tell you what you should be doing right, wrong, whatever. So, um, just keep out in the community and ask and ask and ask. Yeah, absolutely. Love that answer. Appreciate that, Gentry. Um, and then last but not least, before we wrap up here is, you know, give all of our listeners a shout out on how can they reach your facility? You know, whether it's a website, uh, social media, you know, just go ahead and give a shout out for all your handles. Yeah. So um, my website is www.flex-ablemovement.com. Um you can book your own sessions. We use a uh, mind body software so you can create your own profile and uh, book your own session. Everybody's first session is free. Um, you can try the sauna and a 30 minute stretching session uh, with no commitments at all. Just come and experience it. Um, I pretty much will guarantee you're going to feel better before you leave than you do when you walk in the doors. Um, my West Ashley location, Charleston location, um, you can call or text us at 854-444-3463. And in Mount Pleasant, you can call or text at 843-606-2654. Um, flexible movement is, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's just flexible on uh, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. So check us out, like our page. Um, come try us out. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Awesome. Appreciate that. Well, lots of ways to reach. Uh, and if you are in the Charleston or Mount Pleasant area, take a drive on down there. Um, you know, skip the traffic, relax, recover, um, feel a little bit better when you walk out of there and, you know, see what it's all about. Uh, for everyone else out there listening, if this is a story that inspired you or, you know, prompted you where you want to be on the show, please feel free to click on the link below, type in your details. We'll be in touch and we'll get you on the show. But until then, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.